hidden behind closed doors. This is Beard Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Michael, what are we discussing today? Jason, today we are discussing 1944's The Uninvited. Jason, what are we drinking? Today, sponsored Castle Dangerous Export Stout Yorkshire Square Brewery in Torrance, California. Great, chocolatey, thick stout. This is thick, man. Often when people talk about stouts, they, they use the word term motor oil, and it fits on this one. This is thick. I've had this beer. Went down there, contacted them. They were totally on board. They wanted to be a part of it. Met the owner, Greg. He's British. They're doing a lot of British-style beers. Yorkshire Square. That makes sense. I know people like to do a lot of things with stouts. You know, adding... You know, donuts and coffee cake and whatnot. That's great. Sometimes I just like a good straight stout. And I saw this one time. The label is awesome. It is. It's like a castle and there's all these arrows like coming at it. And it's almost like there's a fire behind it. It's just it's sort of... <laughs> Blacks and reds and oh, whites. It's, it's a wonderful. label. And I saw this and I said, oh, I got to try this. I tried it. I went, oh, lordy. This was before we were doing the podcast or anything. And I was like, I love this beer. I wanted to get down to this place for the longest time. I think this is a good pairing. This movie is set in Cornwall along the coast. Yeah. So in England, and you would think on cold Cornish nights, you want to sip something like this. Keep Cheers. Keep it warm inside. Cheers. This, it's dark chocolate. It smells delicious. Oh, yeah. Oh, I There's, mean, this is that malt just, fantastic taste. Dude, I mean. It's I, like 9%. <laughs> it, is, it is 9%. You know. <laughs> it's a sipping beer. You know, it, like Dr. Scott, yourself, myself. You're sitting there. Yeah. You just came yeah. in. You're outside walking along the shore in Cornwall and the cliffs. And in a suit. Yeah. You took off your rain slicker. Yeah. It is. This is the time when everyone wore a suit. Which, yes. you know, Proper. We, Proper I, attire. I know. And I mean, like, if they did podcasts back then, we would be in a suit. <laughs> we you would. Know? I know. It, it, but no, we sit here in shirt in a shorts and a t-shirt. And I'm all right with that. But I do love that. The old days when, yeah. when people would wear a suit. This is my pick. It's a haunted house movie. We haven't done done a lot of those. The last time was the Haunted Palace. I think it, yeah. And was that even a haunted house movie? It was a haunted sort palace. Of. It was a haunted palace. <laughs> <laughs> and set up on a cliffs above a city. <laughs> right there. There it is. Where is this castle? It's that right there thing. You know. No, but this is very similar. The, but it's it's more of a house. It's a large house okay. named Windward. And I think I the house it. plays a character. The, the house is definitely a character. Very important. The budget is a little bigger than your average B-movie, but I thought, you know, genre pictures, that trumps. We've talked about it. We'll get into it more. Spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about this movie beginning to end. I like it. I think it fits the bill. It's got some pacing issues. The scares, I think, it's it's not so much jump scares as dread. It's sort of a mystery. So it's like this mystery slash haunted house movie slash family melodrama. It was nominated for Academy Award for Cinematography. It's Deservedly beautiful. so. It's, oh, absolutely. It's sh- the shots, I mean, the settings, you know, sometimes you go, eh, hard to make a bad shot in a great setting. But, like, the shadows, the work inside, it's... There's, it's a well-made movie. It's oh, it's crafted beautifully, and it's it's acted well. I mean, there is one off note. We'll get into a little bit. It's a sad story, but you know, it's Ray Milan. I mean, just covered him in the big clock. He's fantastic. Did. He's amazing. He's everything you want. There's some good humor at his expense, his yes. character's expense. There's humor in it that doesn't 
pull you out of the movie. It's kind of pleasant. And there's a, like a raciness. It's 1944. And there's sort of a menage a trois situation that they don't beat around too much. They sort of just go for it. I thought it was also interesting that the movie takes place, it starts on like May 10th, 1937. And the reason, even though it was produced in the 40s, they didn't want to address anything about World War II. So they just, they went back and they're like, hey, 37, we're not, we don't have to talk about anything, anything like that. That, Make it easy. And it was based on a book, Uneasy Freehold by uh, Dorothy Dorothy McCardle. I watched it on the Criterion Edition. I I have a copy of this. So did I. I use my lending library. Use your libraries. Libraries may disappear. You don't want that to happen. Libraries are extremely important. So a lot of times if I have trouble finding a movie, I'll use the library system and try to find it that way. And I've had good luck. Los Angeles County card and City of Los Angeles Public Library card. Downtown Library, excellent. You get a card, you don't even have to go to the library. So much ebooks, audio, like you could check out anything. Highly recommend. Big time. Yeah. I, I, have, I, have, I have the Los Angeles and I also. <laughs> How have... nerdish of I don't care. Talk about libraries. I don't care at all, man. <laughs> I really don't. I'm, I'm totally. I'll, I will wear that sweater. Absolutely. You know, because I have a Los Angeles and also a Santa Monica public library card. And that's where I got it. Because I did have trouble finding this in any sort of streaming capacity. But I was able to get it at the library. I do love, I know people might laugh and it dates me. I like the DVD. It makes it a little easier for me to like pause or get back to a place. My wife and myself, we exchange Easter baskets. and We do Easter baskets for the kids. And knowing that this movie was coming up, got it in my Easter basket. Now, did she watch this with you? No. It is very hard to get her to watch anything that's even remotely scary or horror-related. Every couple of years, she'll agree to do it. Totally and then all of a sudden, she's like, that's why I don't do Because <laughs> then she'll have nightmares that scares her for like the and, next and, couple and months. And here's the thing. This movie could probably do that yeah. because there is so there's just this creeping dread that it would like sit in the back of your head. Jane did watch this. She liked it. Yeah. And one of the reasons... Edith Head did the costumes. One of the most legendary, I think, eight Oscars. If you went to anybody and said, who is the most important costume designer of all time? Edith Head probably is on the short list. You know, fantastic. So, and you see that. The the costumes are the outfits the people wear spot on. And this was the first time in cinema history, but sound movies, so modern cinema history, were... The idea of the supernatural is treated semi-seriously. I like haunted house movies. Me, I, me too. I, I enjoy yeah, them and everything I, like I, that. One of the reasons I picked it was I was you know, going through, you try to find something. And I went, oh, I had never seen this, but I was familiar with it. And I thought, we haven't done a haunted house movie in a while. Let's do this. Yeah. This is considered one of the best ones of all time. Across the board, from the score, the dress, the filming—it's—it's it's a stand-up movie. Jason, the reason was Oscar-nominated. Jason, Stella by Starlight. The song that came well, from this movie—I was way familiar with that song. You were way familiar with that song. You're a big jazz fan, so it, it was an instrumental. They yeah. added lyrics to after the fact. Stan Getz, Frank Sinatra, everybody's done Miles, the song. Yeah, Miles Davis, it, 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 Bill Char- Evans, Charlie Parker. Yeah. I mean, it's like I was so I was very familiar with. If you said Stella by Starlight, I go, yeah, that's a kind of a jazz standard in a way. And so, if somebody said that's from this movie, I'd go, I, I did not know that. Yeah. 
you know? So you know, It's an odd scene when you say Ray Milan, sit down, the first time you hear that, I was like, oh, why do I know this song? And it's, and a, be- I- it's a beautiful song, <laughs> especially the moment when he plays it and it's sad and the yeah. mood comes down. That's one of the things I love about this movie. A lot of the horror, a lot of the scare, a lot of the mood comes from the actors. And I think that is a testament to well-made film. Yeah. Essentially, here's the deal. A brother and sister vacationing in Cornwall. As you do. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Hiking in a suit. On the, the up, bluff. Up a bluff. <laughs> up a bluff. That, I mean, that was a... Dude, seriously. No, that really was. These folks just like hike up this cliff face, basically. They come across this house. The voiceover at the beginning sort of sets the table for Cornwall, the coast, being like haunted and scary. And, and people who live there know about what's going on. And it's... Ooh, hey, Cornwall. You've been there. Daffy DeMora's Jamaica Inn, Ghosts and Pirates. The Disney version of Treasure Island starts off in Cornwall. So, yeah, I mean, it's all about ghosts haunted on the, the far end coast of Western England. <laughs> so, Rick and Pam, their brother sister duo, hike up this. They got their dog, Bobby, a little terrier. They come up in the yard of this giant, beautiful house that's on a, like the cliff overlooking the ocean. And the dog ends up chasing a squirrel, chasing a squirrel into the house. So, of course, they have to go in. I just have to say, Ray Milan gets bit by the squirrel. We both had the same reaction where we went, you got to go get that looked at. Yeah. <laughs> and like, why try to get the squirrel? What is that all about? I don't know. <laughs> Let no. the squirrel run free. No. Don't I, bother it. I'm rooting for the dog. <laughs> to hell with that squirrel. That squirrel is going to be a problem for you. That squirrel is a jerk. Probably storing nuts and ruining uh, stuff. Yeah. So no, but uh, the house has the ability to impact people. And I am curious to know what you think because all of a sudden as they're walking around, Pam pauses and she goes, hold on, Rick. Have you looked around? This house is incredible. It's empty. Clearly no one lives in this house. It's a big, beautiful house. And she's going, whoa, I love this. I want this. Do you think the house is sort of drawing them in? I classify haunted house movies. The house has to be a character. There's plenty of movies where the house... Back when there's like haunted house. This house has a name. It has a name, Windward. The ghosts that are haunting this house, and I say plural, want someone in there. They're trying to make contact with a specific person. They're trying to draw people in. And they're going to look. They're going to look. For the person who's most Because it flips like that. that. Because Pam, you're right. She's like, let's buy this. We could change your life. Now, clearly they have money. Because struggling people are they're from be, London. They're from well, London. Well, and, that, and that's it's yeah. important. That is an important point because London's three. They said three hundred miles, yeah. which in nineteen forty four, three hundred miles. Yeah. That's a long drive, dude. Yeah, we took the bus to Cornwall. And I bet that still took shorter time than it would have for them back in their old nineteen forty four. All I remember cars. is that we went December, not a high time in English traveling, and when we got on the bus, the bus conductor announced like we got two Americans traveling with us. <laughs> That's awesome. And people were like, <laughs> and they clapped. Very nice people, and everything like well, that. Well, yeah, I mean, they're announcing you, and but well, that could have gone sideways. It could have gone sideways. That, that could that could have gone Innsmouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, where are we going? Yeah. And they're just exploring the house, and he's a music critic, but he's also a, a composer. He makes his own music, and she's encouraging, which is great. Uh, she's that's a good encur- she, she's, good, good family member. She's saying, "Hey, man, you know what? Follow your dream." Yeah. You should come here. You can write your music instead of writing about what other crappy music is out there. And he also, he's got an actual great project because he said, well, the paper or whoever, I'm so sorry. I got to stop doing that voice. But no, he happens, he mentions that his 
whoever pays him the paper or whatever said do a, a series about great right composers so you could do that from cornwall yeah. now you just got to find the owner so they're gonna go and find commander beach i like the fact that he's always referred to as the commander he yes. clearly had a officer title in the military he's gotten used to that because he sort of acts as the commander like i can do whatever the hell i want to the annoying part, there are moments where he really, I, I just think, man, you need to be put in check. Because his character could easily resolve this. He doesn't believe his granddaughter, Stella, has the constitution to really handle what happened. So everything is about hiding the truth. And in, at the same time, yeah. standing behind like what's proper in society for someone at his level to do. Because he is always posh and popper for proper for the most part. Of well, the and also you open this entire can of worms where you go, my granddaughter is not my granddaughter. My daughter actually tried to kill this baby. Yes, exactly. Then you have to go into that whole thing. My <laughs> daughter was in this bohemian lifestyle. You're not going to open that can of worms. But they find the granddaughter, Stella. Stella by Starlight. She denies that the house is up for sale. She, yeah, she does this whole thing. Where she's like, oh, sorry, you wasted your time. She's like really trying. Before the commander comes out, she's like, oh, no, no, you're, you're, I'm sorry you wasted. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. But the commander comes in, and it's one of the many moments that they have, the two of them, where Stella and her grandfather have it out over Windward, where he's like, we need to get rid of this house. And she's going, but it's my mother. And honestly, she comes off as a little brat. You know, you can't do that. It's this giant flipping house on a cliff. And she's like, you can't, but my mother lived there. When I watched it, I always was just annoyed at how bratty she came off this. She's The character is 20 years old. The commander in her relationship is as if she's a child. He grounds her, says that she can't. She's of age. She doesn't have to listen to her. But again, it's what what you were saying before, where yeah. it's like it's a different like culture where yeah. you. I think you could kind of do that back then. Yeah. Like if you were twenty, somebody could ground you in that society. Well, that's part of this movie. It's almost like this class of cultures where you have these artsy. Londoner brother and sister coming into an established society outside of London and they're like hey we want to buy this house and the commander's like very proper he's like what would you offer Ray Milan's playing this like you know he's leaning back in his chair um 1200 and yeah. the commander accepts it and he's caught off guard thinking oh that was my opening number and Pam his sister is like undermining him like she's sort of <laughs> eager like and he's going oh hey you gotta no no you can't show over eagerness yeah. so they're gonna take advantage of that for this house I mean if you see this house the location okay. you would go that house, like whatever yeah. the number, it, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it and has to be asbestos everywhere. <laughs> we both had the same thing where Rick goes, you know, well, I should have a survey. I look at it. Yeah. God, I gotta stop doing the voice. And the commander goes, No, 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 you don't need to do that. It's been up on the cliff for over a hundred years. It's totally, you can tell it's strong. And and all I could think of was it's been in the salt spray from the ocean for over a hundred years. And salt does. Damaged it's a, but he said no surveys needed, and also I'm giving you a great deal, so shut up. And then he makes reference that the previous tenants had to leave, and she's like, "Are you trying to tell me the house is haunted?" haunted? It's funny. He checks with Pam to say, "Are you, are you sure you're going to be okay? Like yeah. being in a house alone, like a big house like this?" And we find out it's not really her that yeah. needs to work. <laughs> like. They move in. They finally get into the one room they couldn't get into. It's ugly. It's a studio. 
I think it's kind of cool. It's so do I. Because it has, I can't remember if she described the windows. It's the windows that they they opened up the ceiling a little bit to add windows to for light. And it looks out over the flipping ocean. No, the last time we saw someone who had windows like that, Robert Mitchum's character in The Locket. Yeah, the same you're right. <laughs> yes, because it brings in more light. Yeah. And she's saying, this room's ugly. I can see why it's locked. And Rick says, you know, oh, no, I could do all sorts of writing in here. I can make great music. And then all of a sudden, his mood completely crashes. And he goes, can I do anything? They have some flowers. Yeah. And the flowers die like now in five seconds. And Bobby growls. Yeah. The mood changes. It's the house. They find Stella standing in their yard staring. This is a... That's off-putting. No, that's downright creepy. But then, then Rick's and, like, hmm, maybe I'm gonna hit on her. Well, no, he's he's still annoyed. Yeah, yeah, he's still annoyed by her. Yeah. And Pam is more accepting. You know, yeah. the poor, like basically the poor thing. You know, so she looks like she's crying. And Rick is just man. She's just kid. Blah blah blah. blah. That, that changes quick. Yeah, it does. And it was that was something. But we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. You know. The shopkeep. Always shopkeeps give you some information because he finds a postcard gas, of Windward. Gas attendants or shopkeeps. Tobacconists. Jason, if you got a favorite tobacco, he'll bring it in. Gotta love that guy. But he finds out, oh, this is something happened. The commander's daughter died up there. And it's so sad. I bet Rick's smoking Dunhills. He's, <laughs> he is totally. So after he leaves the shopkeep with his new information, he bumps into Stella. And all of a sudden, he's smitten with her. Yes. And she's telling him, like, oh, this is what I do. I'm going to go to the library and check out Charles Dickens' Bleak House because Grandpa and myself are reading it <laughs> I mean, I love the idea of like a child and their grandparent reading a book or something. Yeah. I also don't think it should be their life. And so he says, you know, oh, throw that all away. And what you're going to do is you're coming with me. Jason, it's the next day. Yeah. <laughs> all of this has <laughs> happened in a 24-hour period. Yeah. They bought the house, all of this. They've had this, like, the flowers die. <laughs> like, things happen quickly in Cornwall. And I kept just going, wait, you're telling me since yesterday all of this happened? Because now they're going selling. They're out on the boat. And he's talking big. And this is the first instance where they sort of take some comic relief at Rick's expense. Yes. And it's quite fun. It doesn't mess up the, no. the rhythm of the movie. He's talking about, you know, they're in this little sailboat. And all of a sudden, the next shot, he's laying. He's clearly sick. He is not meant for this. <laughs> and he's questioning our, our resolve in Gibraltar. And it's kind of a cute little scene. Because it doesn't bother her at all. And she's fine. Yeah, she's taking control. Like she's doing this doop doo until they get back towards the shore. Then, then all of a sudden he's strong again, and he's sort of bossing her around, which is they get hit by the mast. Good, good. <laughs> and and it's also the first mention of mimosa. She is wearing a scent, and it's mimosa, and it was her mother's. They don't name her mother. That's a very important clue right there this movie is about layering small clues that build up and you do have to pay attention yeah the first time i watched it i was a little lot honestly michael the first time i watched it it wasn't until the end that i realized that there's actually probably two ghosts in this house i okay. honestly the first time watching it, i wasn't paying attention i was just watching it and people are walking through and my kids are walking through and oh, i was watching that, it until, that may- you know and i'm like at the end i'm like oh wait who was the ghost and then going back through and watching it several times i realized like oh like it's quite clear like they're layering this items and if you're not paying attention you're not going to pick up on some of these little tiny clues here and there about the history of this house the history of this relationship and what actually happened but rod's going to go off for three weeks and he says stella why don't you check in with pam and she agrees 
she will check in at Windward. And then it's like a little dissolve. And then it's three weeks later with Rick pulling up with, uh, is it his L- old housekeeper? Lizzie, Lizzie the Irish housekeeper. <laughs> And they, her, and they have a cat, long relationship. And her together. cat, Frisky. Yeah. They better have a long relationship because his sister, Pam, is <laughs> well into her 20s. And at one point, Lizzie walks in and goes, time for her to go to bed. It's like, because I wasn't raised that way. Because yeah. I bristle at that sort of behavior. It, it like always bugged me. To think of anybody walking in and telling a 20-something, she looks tired, she needs to go to bed. Who the hell are you? You know what I mean? I assume that Lizzie she was a little bit, oh. raised the two of them. No, no. She, and he went and found her, and he's like, hey, you know, now we're, we got another well, I Well, think, I think she lived with them in London, and they're now relocating. That's the natural thing. Bring Lizzie and her cat Frisky. Pam and Rick, the Fitzgeralds, they come from money. I would think so, because whatever London money they have goes a lot longer than Cornwall. Pam completely did the interior design of Windward while Rick was gone. She did have to let them know that, um, just like, you know, our, our terrier, our dog Bobby ran away. And they're, like, they kind of joke about it. And I'm like, oh, like if your dog was so important to you, shouldn't you have looked for it? Lizzie's cat Frisky won't go up the stairs. No. Rick goes, oh, I'll just give him a little help. And let me tell you, man, you do not try to push a cat anywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know what's going to happen. What happened to him? You're going to get smacked. But Rick's put off because... It's quite clear Stella never came to visit in these last three weeks. Yeah, because he's sitting in bed and his sister visits him. and It's time so, to go to bed and he's, he's laying there reading his book. Everything in the house is by candlelight. And yet he's listening to the radio. So there has to be some electricity in the house. I don't know. It's, anyways. I'm with you. Yeah, they talk about it and Stella never came. She's under the weather or something. Pam had something to say to Rick. She keeps it to herself. And we find out as Rick that night, there's a crying sound. And he goes and out and he's freaked out. He is. There's crying. And then Pam comes out. And this is, uh, I, I just like this moment because, again, it sort of tweaks that the male ideal. Absolutely. Because he's standing there, standing up in the second level and there's crying. Pam comes out and goes, you hear it too. And he's freaked out. He's, and she goes, you know, happens just about every night. He says things, and it's great because he goes, no, don't get hysterical, Pam. And she's not hysterical at all. She lived three weeks with this. Yes, and, and she does. She has this very calm, it's almost sympathetic. Like, this is a troubled soul, and he's scared, and he just keeps saying things. And then they finally they go back to bed. The dawn wind comes through, and the breeze, and Pam, she goes to bed. And Rick says, well, leave your door open in case you get scared. And it has nothing to do with her. It's all about him. But he can't just say, I'm scared. Like, can we, can I sleep on the floor next to your bed or something? That is a very atmospheric scene. Oh, my because God. Because that crying and moaning is, is off-putting. Have you ever been in what you consider, like, a haunted house or anything where you heard something strange or something going on? Yes, I worked in one. At Bartended a, at in a haunted a, bar? Yeah, in a Victorian mansion that was built in the mid-1800s. Things happened that I went, yep, that's... That's the something. Nothing like somebody crying in the corner. So after this, man, Rick has to go to the Commander Beach. Yeah. He's like, dude, I, bu- I sold you the house. What do you want from me? Could be subterranean caves. caves. <laughs> <laughs> right there, that tells you a lot. But he also tells, like, he doesn't want Stella involved with him at all because Stella is not strong enough 
to make new friends. Yeah, and, and what does he say? I, I didn't write it down, but he, he makes it's such a British thing. Oh, but yeah. like, just because you bought this house means doesn't mean we have any like station. Or yes, <laughs> like, exactly. We're not equals like blah blah blah. He's it's so that hierarchy of like class. You yeah, our situation. We don't have okay. to be buddies. We had a business deal. That's all that is. Don't assume anything else yes <laughs> so then there's this weird little moment this cheeky moment where he's, he's he picks up stella she's and, supposed to be walking to church yeah she's off to <laughs> church and he picks her up and they're they're talking and then the commander comes along and she's like oh my god and he goes get down on the floor and i'll drive you to church and he does the whole pull up to the do you want to ride commander yeah. knowing the commander would say no yeah oh oh <laughs> especially abs- after that that conversation absolutely <laughs> Here's where we go. Like, the very most important characters in the movie. The commander calls Miss Holloway. Miss Holloway runs a hospital. But for the mentally ill. She's completely imperious. That's her vibe. That's arrogant. She's bad news. They do a great job of immediately letting you know this woman is bad news. But the commander contacts her and says, we really need something about Stella. I I need your help. What you later realize is that Miss Holloway was... Mary Meredith's nurse or ladies in waiting or, or something like why she would she a, need a nurse there's a romantic thing going oh, on oh there is there, there is a definitely subtext yes that. there is a subtext that she was like into Mary more oh, and, and she has a giant painting of her yeah, dude <laughs> and that's one of the things that's one of the things that made me go oh she's not the daughter this is clearly a blonde woman yeah Stella is not blonde. She has this giant portrait of the woman in her office. There is a lover, lesbian undertone going on there. The way they describe Mary, like she wanted nothing to do with having children. Basically, she said, we're not... We weren't silly young women. We didn't talk about idle gossip. We spent time talking about our futures and how we were going to, you know, run our lives. Yes. And... Basically without children. (laughs) Yeah. And she scolds the commander. And she said, I could have been there a while back. You're kind of late to the party on this one, bud. But she does agree to help. When you get to the end of the movie, it's a weird situation because what she is agreeing to, like the commander might agree that she honestly thinks that Miss Holloway is helping, but the commander knows the true history too. So really it's about convince Stella that pursuing the history or parents or anything like that is... I don't know what the end game is. I I really don't. But Stella, meanwhile, she wants to have dinner. Joins the Fitzgeralds. At Windward. Has a groovy little time. But there's some important clues. She has never been in the house since she was three years old. So all of a sudden, this whole time I've seen this woman stare at this house that's vacant... Why didn't she go in? Because clearly the Fitzgeralds were able to walk in the house chasing Bobby the dog. The least curious, you know, kid. I, know. I, I mean, seriously, Jason. If, if that would have been, been me, the house. Oh, you you would have been in that house. I, w- I would have been just like... Playing hide and, and seek, oh, running around. And then when I was 15, I'd be like, dudes, I know the exact place to hold a kegger. Yeah. We're going to, you know, get that thing up to windward. My grandpa never goes there. <laughs> Contact the tobacconist. Yeah. <laughs> but that dinner and, is interesting. They have this dinner, and, th- and then he takes her to the studio, and he's playing the song, and it's Stella by Starlight. And he tells her, he's like, hey. And she goes, is that me? Kind of felt like there might be some inbreeding in that yeah. <laughs> You know, because it's, yeah, it's, it is you. Yeah. 
And he's playing it. And again, this is just a great little moment. He's playing the song, and suddenly the song goes into like a different tempo or something where it's much more sad. And his face drops. Everything drops on him. She goes, you just, that just changed. Became really sad. And he's like, I don't know. It just happened. Something happens to him specifically in that room because he's an artist. And she explains that her father was also an artist, a painter. Had this foreign model. And anytime I ask about this model, people are really hush-hush about it. She goes, but I'm beginning to think that my dad was a bad hat. Yes. <laughs> I love bad hat. I, I really, I thought that was such a... That's, I love I, that saying. I've I never know, heard it before. I, this is the first time. I'm going to use it from now on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Boy, Jason, let me tell you. Yeah, that guy was a bad hat. That guy's a bad hat. <laughs> and so, to get to what you discuss, this insinuation where there was this bohemian life where her father, Mr. Meredith... Had a wife, Mary, who, who this, was a model. Yes, and then he had another model. Yeah, this, uh, this Spanish gypsy. Sma- <laughs> they really do. They, they, it's a. Like, <laughs> we we say this way too much, but another time. Yeah, <laughs> people say it with like this ang like hate, like ugh. there's venom, like this Spaniard g- gypsy. It's like really hostile and. I just have to think of like the Baron of Arizona because he messed around with some Spanish gypsies. <laughs> I almost went right into Vincent Price there. Just, ow. <laughs> You're the only woman who can make me change. That night ends strangely, Michael. She breaks down and, and runs out and he says, that blasted room. Like there's something wrong with that room. And she makes... A break right for the cliff catches her at the last moment this cliff is so important this little area of the cliff and he catches her she has no idea what happened that's not a good thing you know i would politely say don't come back i don't want to deal with somebody throwing themselves off my cliff like this movie and who is julia ross like you know as a parent i'd put a fence up (laughs) people always run towards the cliffs little kids are stupid let's be honest (laughs) i've been around a lot of them (laughs) In my life. No, that's my concern. I'm like, man, I put a fence up. Oh, dude. Well, here's the thing. Again, no kids. So I would have the house. And I, and I would go, if people had kids, I'd go, hey, make sure your stupid kid doesn't walk off my cliff. <laughs> that's your responsibility. It's not, literally right there. I'm not building a fence that's going to ruin my cool view because your kid's stupid. And you visit once a year. Also, adults are pretty stupid. If they're drinking, like, these people tend to knock yeah. out a couple. I mean, honestly, if they were drinking this stout. Cheers, buddy. meandering around the coastline. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, Castle Dangerous, you'd be yeah. like, Cliff Dangerous. Especially next to the dead tree. <laughs> like, pull up that tree. I just have a waiver. When you come into my home, just go, you know, sign this. If, you yeah. get, if you're drinking Castle Dangerous and you can't handle your buzz yeah. and you walk off the cliff... I'm just leaving you where you are. I'm not hiking down to get your dumb ass. <laughs> Let the fish eat you. <laughs> I love this beer. It, it's so tasty. Oh, this is delicious. And thank you guys. Boy, Yorkshire Square, thank you guys so much. It's it's a cool spot it, because what they've done is it when you go into the place, they sort of transformed it. There is very much the English pub vibe. Oh, nice. Yeah. Great cascales everywhere. It's When Jen and myself were in Coral years ago, and in December, the sun set around 2.30 p.m. And so every day, we would go to a pub and sit there 
And Drake also was like, what time is it? It was like 4.30 p.m. <laughs> nice. I like that. I do have to read this on the back of their can. Malt is here to do the talking. No lactose, barrels, cheeky use of donuts in the mash, or grotesquely high alcohol are needed for this stout. Just a humble double mash process, a long day, and a mountain of lovely British barley and oats. You're damn right. That's the long and the short of it. And it's a delicious beer. And I can't can't wait to go back. I went there the last time. Jane and I went. They couldn't have been more welcoming and nice. I, I, I walked in there. The bartender, when I started talking, he went, oh, you're the podcast guy. And I said, yeah. And he said, I'm supposed to give you a four-pack of Castle Dangerous. And I said, keep that cold. We're here to hang. You know, because sometimes people are just like, they get the beer and I go, no, no, no. I'm here no. to Spend some money. Yeah. Drink some beer. Yeah, I'm not just going to walk in, take free beer, and leave. I'm like, that's tacky. I was raised better than that. So boom, boom, boom. We just had a great time. Had um, They had sausage rolls. Dude, and I asked, I said, dude, sausage rolls? And the bartender said, ugh, let, hold on. And he took a walkie-talkie, and yeah. he called back to the kitchen. He said, do we have sausage rolls? And then I hear, they just came out of the oven. I'm Even not kidding. Better. And I said, give me an order. <laughs> and then they had fish and chips. Good yep. taste in pub food. Damn straight. I think this is a point where we meet Dr. Scott. I was going to say exactly that. Because after Stella sort of freaks out, they bring in Dr. Scott, who's the love interest, and just happens to be where Bobby ended up. Yeah. Did the point out, it's uh, Alan Napier. Who's um, he? He, in the original Batman TV series, The 60, he is Alfred Pennyworth, the butler. So it was great seeing him as a younger man because he's clearly hitting on Pam the whole time. And they have a, a nice back and forth in their dialogue a lot. Well, and, and what's great is it's like he's a younger man, but yeah. he still looks he's like, like, like he's 80. 60. <laughs> <laughs> like another one, like he, he was born a 40 year old man. Exactly. With, he came out of the womb with horn rim glasses. <laughs> and his excuse all the time is like, I'm just a country doctor. He's new in town, but he's been there for 12 years. And and they're like, what's going on? And it's, and he's one of the people that says, Carmel was a Spanish gypsy. <laughs> and he's the one that sort of gives the idea that Meredith was sleeping with his wife, and she was a model. And he was also sleeping with his uh, other model, the Spanish gypsy. And then there was a struggle on the cliff, and Mary fell to her death, and it's like a, it's a whole deal, bud. And then a week later, Carmel died. Oh, by the way, um, I have your dog, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> he came here, and I didn't really want to search too hard because I really liked the dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, they decide, we're going to stay up and wait for the ghostly haunting. And, of course, the sister falls asleep. The crying never comes. Yeah. Then there's the light, and then they they see a light outside, and then they find they go up to check on Stella, and she's by the window. Her mother is here. The scent of mimosas in there. And then Stella says, "My mother is here." Always says, "My mother," never specifically Mary. I always associated mimosa with orange juice and champagne. I had no idea that that was based off a flower that has a scent of mimosa. Same here. And so when I looked it up, I'm like. What's all this orange juice and champagne drinking going on? Was the mom a drunkard? The sit- I mean, well, I did, I did. I'm guessing, you know. That's how I start she's my a morning. she's a Spanish gypsy. Guess they start with mimosas and move on to sangria in the afternoon. No, it's terrible. But no, I when I hear mimosa, I do think that I know it is a flower. 
So, but I was just like, I, I didn't know. I'm like, oh, I guess it's a specific scent. Now Rick has this whole thing where he's like, I'm not going to let her back to Windward. Why is everybody so protective of Stella? Dude, Rick goes so far as to say, I'm going to tear this house down. You and I can run away. Just run. And he's not even thinking about his sister, who was like, she did all this stuff to make this house her home. And she's like, I like this place. He's just like, I'll, you know, you and me. And Stella is just going, you know, you shut up. You don't matter. This is about my mom. Pam has an idea. What if all was needed was Stella to come into the house and the ghost right now they're thinking is Mary and they're thinking it's, it's Stella's mom. Like, just to recognize it. And also Pam's like, I think the house isn't hot anymore. Let's run up to the studio. And they go up to the studio, and it's cold and rotten and clammy. Such a horrible description. Because yeah. I can imagine that. And yeah. I'm like, ugh. Cold, rotten, clammy. It's a crypt. It's a horrible, horrible place. And Pam and Scott, they kind of bond over Bobby. Yeah. And then they decide to do the seance. Always in a haunted house. The first thing you want to do, you got ghosts in your house, you want to do a seance. And I love that Rick's idea is, hey, we're just going to fake the whole thing. Dr. Scott, you in on this? Wink, wink. Yeah, we're going to push it that way. They're going to push it that way. It's going to be not a big deal at all. You ever use one of those Parker Brothers, like Ouija boards? Not a Parker Brothers one, but I messed around with the Ouija board. Yeah, we had one. I'm I'm also a little leery. I have I have a little too much belief. I still have a little too much latent Catholicism <laughs> that I'm like whether or not it's real. I don't know, but if it is real, I don't want it up my ass. Yeah. One thing I learned from movies is that it never works out. You bring out a Ouija board or have a seance. No. It you, never works that, out. They try to fake this whole seance. And then it, things go sideways because suddenly Stella is like speaking Spanish, which was one of the times that I went, she's Carmel's daughter. Meanwhile, the commander is like kicking on the door. He kicks his way. He breaks into their home and is like, dude, what's going on here? I'm taking her home. And he acts like my home. It's like, the commander has that whole thing that, So much of this movie, so many of these issues that Stella faces could resolve that people were just truthful with her. Because clearly the commander loves her. If he thought, oh, she's really not my granddaughter, why try to do anything for her? Or the fact that the reason he takes that $1,200 from the Fitzgeralds at the beginning is that he felt, I would feel more confident having $1,200 in the bank for my granddaughter so i'm willing to sell this house because it's his lie that drives a lot like just tell the truth you know he knows what happens but jason one of the weird things is it's a lot of that stuff is his legacy what happens to his property what happens to his stuff if it's found out she's not my real granddaughter yeah. she has you no have claim you have his... a lineage to me that that's part of it is he's going she's not my real granddaughter yeah. But I have to keep this facade up because what happens? Where does the beach name go? I would rather have it go to somebody who is not my real heir than to say, that's not my real heir. The beach line dies with me. He cares for Stella to the extent that she will carry down his name, his legacy, as long as she never really learns the truth. We get Holloway now. Because he takes her back and he brings Holloway in. She takes Stella away. She has her chauffeur carry, carry and says that she'll be better off at my, my place. Sh- 
There's just nothing but red flags when you see Holloway. The actress, Cornelia Otis Skinner, she is so great as Miss Holloway. She's like Nurse Ratched. Except where Nurse Ratched, I think, wasn't a crazy person. I think. Oh uh, no. <laughs> well, I, I think she yeah. was. I think she was just an authoritarian. Yes. And she did. She had chaos introduced, and she's like, "I have to control this chaos." Holloway, I think, is lack of a better term, batshit crazy. I think she made this place almost for herself as much as for the other patients. I mean, she besides the house being this villain, she is the other part of that. because And she the house wants- isn't even the villain. The house is the host of a villain and a savior because Carmel's there as well. And Carmel's trying to fight against what Mary's doing. When they do that seance, they spell, I guard Carmel. And they refer to that as like, oh, my mom's guarding me against Carmel. Or is it actually saying, I'm guarding it's Carmel. Yeah, but everyone, <laughs> how do you want me to word this? <laughs> because Pam just keeps going like, oh, Mary. Yeah. Mary. Like, Mary's the best. Mary's the best. That Carmel's such a swarthy Spanish gypsy. Can't handle that. But you're right. I guard Carmel. You can do better. Wording. <laughs> That's the communication between this and the afterlife. There's always an issue of wording. <laughs> uh, let's just hope that never happens to us. Where, where, where you need me from the other side to like give you details because I'm totally gonna mess with you. <laughs> I'm gonna be like Jason. It's in your dirty underwear. <laughs> then we get the misty form at the seance before the commander bursts in. That special effect looks. So easy and so inexpensive, but they spent money at that time period to get that to happen. It's, and that's what catches me in terms of technology over time. Like, that was a big deal to show that. And now we go, oh, I can do that with my Apple computer. Afterwards, Lizzie, Lizzie comes in after the seance, good Irish Catholic, yeah. and she's going, I ain't going to have any of this. She comes in and sees all this pagan stuff, yeah. and I totally get it. She's, she's like, what are you doing here? What's going on? But also, she's... Like, yeah, I was talking to people. And, they, and they've got some stories to tell. The Jessops that yeah. she's been staying with. They're like, yeah. Well, when that woman died, we heard a baby crying. Yeah. And her nurse with her. And her nurse just happens to be, dun, 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 Miss Holloway. Holy crap, I'm waiting for Columbo to pull up. <laughs> it is great that Lizzie, just the simple Irish lady, hanging out with the Jessops. And I've learned a bunch of stuff that would be helpful. You guys have been going around trying to be all cool. And I'm like, I've learned a bunch just from these common folk. Lesson learned. Always trust the simple folk. The upper crust, they ain't going to tell you nothing. I got to lie to you. So eventually, they make it to back to Dr. Scott's office. And they think, let's look into the record. What actually happened that night because scott's predecessor didn't like holloway that's one thing he drops yeah. there was something off about holloway and so they look go back in the record they're looking through these old and i'm thinking like it's not that long ago <laughs> but there's these musty books and well he jason it. it is 12 years he's yeah. been there 12 years yeah so it's been at least 12 years and basically the insinuation is mary meredith died fell off a cliff it's insinuated that carmel killed her but then that miss holloway had to take care of carmel but left these windows open knowing that carmel had spent the night in the storm having pneumonia she helped push carmel to a death a week later no attempt criminal negligence <laughs> jason no attempt to keep the room warm no snow on the freaking floor <laughs> yeah. 
And then he was threatened. He was threatened with a lawsuit. There were powers above him. I'm guessing Commander, Commander Beach. Beach. Yep. That, that That's said, the only power. Sh- yeah, that you need to shut up. And that record book, if you look in the background all the time, like so, like a ghost is slipping through the pages trying to find something. And you're like, that's going to come up. File that away. Because <laughs> no one's noticing it. They got to go see Holloway. And a little more comedy with Miss Bird, who comes in. She's collecting rocks. There is some routine comedy relief in this to lighten the mood. And, and I don't know if at the time they felt like, oh, this is too dark. We have to add I, these items. I do wonder. It doesn't disrupt the whole movie. It's kind of charming. It works for me. But they're at a point where Stella wants to leave Holloway. And she's doing that. Is it gaslighting? I don't, I don't know what it is. Because Stella is going, you know, hey, man, I'm a prisoner here. And she goes, oh, wait, you feel persecuted. It's that, you know, trying to make somebody feel like there's something. And she goes, dude, the door is locked. She's like, oh, so you do feel persecuted. And I'm thinking, if I'm in a locked room and I can't get out, I'm going to feel like a prisoner. Rightly. At first, Miss Holloway wants to take her away from that area. And then I think she, I'm going to really follow the path that Mary wanted, which was, I wanted this child to die. So Holloway says, you should actually go back. Go immediately back to Windward. Not your, not your grandfather's place. You need to go back to Windward's immediately. Your friends are waiting there for you. Which is really dark because the last time Stella was in the house... She, at the end of the day, she ran off towards a cliff. Very much leading somebody to yeah. their doom. It's messed up on so many levels. Meanwhile, Dr. Scott... The Scooby-Doo group. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they go, hey man, we gotta go out because Dr. Scott has been relieved. Yeah. A lot of stuff has happened. They go, we're gonna go bust her out. It's, it's such a great scene because Holloway goes, oh yes, the rescue party yeah. is here. She's already gone. Basically, you'll never catch her. She's gone home to Windward. They all know what she means by that. She's going to go home and throw herself off the cliff. And and they bounce. And it, Jason, the creepiest flipping scene in the entire movie. Holloway looks up at at Mary's portrait. And her assistant, who's been there throughout, is sort of going like, Hey, Miss Holloway, what's going on there, bud? And she's talking to the portrait and she's just... No loose end. It's snapped. She's going to be a patient at her own place. I think her sister's like, oh, I threw all my eggs in the wrong basket. (laughs) Yeah, well, well, otherwise, Jason, she's thinking, I will be in charge. Seriously. Time for some leadership changes at this institution. She's like, "Uh, she snapped. I'm in charge now. Put her away. Bring me back Miss Bird in that basket of rocks. Yes. She's going to be my second man. So, you know, of course, they have to hustle home. Rick turns to Pam, realizing that Stella will indeed get to Winry before them. He's like, um, did you lock up the house? Because that's always what happens with the haunted house. Someone forgets to lock it up. And sure enough, Stella arrives and the doors open. She's like, click. We had only had a security firm. No, Rick, I thought I thought you locked yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. They do this whole thing like total brother and sister thing. I thought you did it, right? Well, and, and why are you locking it? <laughs> There's 
nowhere to rest. You're on. out in the middle. Of, you're on the freaking cliff. Like I, I'm surprised you guys even had keys. <laughs> Stella gets in the house and she hears like breathing, but it's male breathing this time. And it caught me off guard the first couple of viewings, and then I realized like, oh, I would like to see this movie in a theater with yeah. a big sound Dumb. system. It, yeah. it would be very cool because yeah, she, she finds up in the studio. Commander Breen breaks he the, the, breaks the, back the, in. The, the, <laughs> the commander drags his way over there. I don't know how the hell he did that. And he doesn't have a car. So no, he, either he like walked and then he then he went, took it upon himself. He he didn't just wait inside the door where he could see her immediately and go like, "Dude, here's the deal." He, he like, "I better go upstairs." She sees him and then we get the frosty form and she screams and runs just as the Scooby Doo group is pulling up in their car. And she is darting out of the house back towards that cliff. Rick jumps out of the car. This time he's a second too late. I honestly thought the first time I watched this, oh, she's dead. Cliff that, breaks that, away, that but she's w- able to grab like something. Like a root or yeah. something, yeah. Have you ever been close to a cliff where stuff breaks off? It's actually a, a little unsettling. <laughs> yeah. Because you think, oh, I could walk up and stand here. And you're not really sure what would happen. The most unsettling thing... My wife and myself were on a honeymoon, and we're on a <laughs> a little, like, it was a single-person trail along the sides of a tea plantation. And I was the lead, and she was behind me. All of a sudden, I heard, oops, just like that sound. Turned around. She was gone. Really freaked me out. Then I hear, help. And I looked down, and she had walked off the side and was holding on to a tea bush on the side. Now, Grant, she would have rolled down maybe 20 feet to another ledge, but it was really scary. <laughs> yeah. Because also, to turn around and see no one on the trail. Anyway, wow. so Stella's sitting there holding on to Rick pulls her up. It's a lovely moment. They're, they're back in the house and the doors swing open. And Mimosa fills the room. They're like, oh no, that's a bad thing. And Stella goes, hold on, no, this is good. This is what I felt when I was in the nursery. I felt this. This was good. And that's, I think, when it dawns on everybody. Because then the book starts flipping the pages, and the Dr. Scott's, well, let me read what's going on in this yeah, book now. Yeah, th- this crazy book, finally. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I do like how Pam, to the bitter end, just keeps, like, siding with Mary. Because the doctor's like, eh, well, the old doctor Ugh. went up, and he said, oh, went up, the that Spanish gypsy, she <laughs> was feeling ill, and it wasn't really, it was pretty obvious what was going on there. She was pregnant. She goes, so both of them were pregnant. Like, Pam just refuses (laughs) to believe. Like, Mary Meredith was, like, a good person. She does. She she really just leans into that. And it's like, no. Oh, everything tumbles together. Stella is Carmel's baby. Oh, when they went away and came back, blah, blah, blah. We have... A situation where Mary Meredith is the evil specter in the house. Yeah. And she did not want the baby. And Carmel the whole time. That's the scent of mimosa. It's and now we hear laughter. There's yeah. laughter in the house. And it's like, oh, that's cool. Until Rick walks over to the doors and he goes, whoa. Yeah. Slams the doors and he goes, get everyone out of here now. And then he finds his spine. <laughs> and he goes out and he confronts. Mary Meredith is there and she's angry. He's telling her, this house is for the living now. You need to go. You're not welcome here anymore. What I love is he throws lit candles <laughs> and then walks away. 
like, there's a fire hazard all of a sudden. <laughs> this old ass house. <laughs> thought the same thing. And then I just felt like an old man. Yeah. I will date myself that much. Dr. Rick, the commercials for Progressive, where he's like, you're turning into your parents. It's like, why are you throwing candles and walking away, Rick? And then we get one last little bit of comic relief yeah. where he's like, hey, Rick, you're trembling. And he goes, that could have been my mother-in-law. Because I wanted to end the movie on a light note. Because when you stand back and look at it, if she had ever made it into the house when she was a younger kid, Mary Meredith Ghost would have haunted her and pushed her off the side of the cliff. The whole thing is about, I want to kill a baby. Yeah. Why didn't the grandfather, if it, he had such a vested interest in Stella, why didn't he destroy that house years? You know, Dude, when she's four. Yeah, like, like, burn and, the house down with candlesticks. <laughs> I mean, seriously, a four-year-old w- would have no idea. She was there when she was three. Yeah. You know, then you just tear the house down and you go, oh, we're going to build something else. Yeah. I don't know. Those British <laughs> folks. <laughs> All right, we get to the end. Would you recommend this movie? I would. I have my issues with me. First of all, this is a well-made movie. Every technical aspect of this movie is great. I find it for nowadays movie going, it's a little slow. That being said, I enjoy the movie. I remember my dad would sit me down and we'd watch some of the older movies. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dad, this movie. Like, this is a kid in the 70s. Like, this movie moves like molasses. And that's my only thing when watching that now and thinking, would my kids sit through this movie? I mm. think they'd get a little tired of it. But if you're a fan of cinema, this is good movie. It has a great cast. It's shot perfectly. It's just my only issue is that the story could have been tightened up a little to cut down on the time. Because every once in a while, I'm like, Ugh, you didn't really need that scene. I'd highly recommend it. If you're a fan of Haunted House movies, a Haunted House treated seriously. This is the first one. Steven Spielberg's Poltergeist is one of my favorite Haunted House movies. I never saw the remake, but I saw that movie over and over again. And they go back and say, What's, what were the Haunted House movies leading up to this? This is the first one that was treated, like the supernatural was treated seriously. I know it's your choice. What about you? I can see where the idea of it, a little slower paced. One of the things I like about it it's so well done. It builds this mood and just sustains this mood. It works well. It's beautifully shot. There's a lot of layers going on. Obviously, I do recommend this. It goes great with Castle Dangerous. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> even though production-wise, the movie did not shoot in Cornwall, even though it takes place. <laughs> no, no, it, it does not. It, it doesn't. And, and that happens. <laughs> but that's, that's Hollywood magic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would totally tell somebody, go to Cornwall and... Why don't you try to look for Windward while you're in Cornwall? And, and, <laughs> You'll have a good day. And find export stout. <laughs> It'll be great, you know, for somebody in the autumn, wherever you are. If you have a nice autumn day, you get some Castle Dangerous, pop this in. There's some creepiness to it. It'll get under your skin. And what I like is the mystery aspect. It's almost like a Columbo episode. Because they don't tie things neatly up at the end. You have a general, this is what you think happens. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. I got a question for you. Any other favorite Haunted House movies? Well, I mean, The Haunting. Excellent. To me, might be... The, the original, not the... I didn't one. know there was another didn't one. Didn't they remake it with Owen Wilson and Catherine Zeta-Jones? I don't know about that movie. <laughs> I've only ever seen the original. <laughs> to me, that might be the greatest haunted house movie ever. Uh, Poltergeist. Poltergeist. The original. Yeah. I've not seen the remake, but I'll, 
There was I probably didn't no know, reason no, to remake I, it. No, I don't know. That that doesn't exist Craig either. T. Nelson. <laughs> you know. The Changeling. Oh, yes. George C. Scott. Yeah. Really, really gets to you. And, and that's one I would love to see on the big screen I've never seen. I love a good haunted house movie. Yeah. They creep me out. Even the house on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Playing $10,000 to sleep over in the haunted house. And there might be a skeleton that just comes out of nowhere. (laughs) Once again, not the remake. But even though Jeffrey Rush was in the the remake, and so was... But so was Chris Catan. L- L- so. L- lots of people. Lots of people. Lots of people just take a big check. So, that kind of wraps this. One I up. believe so. Please like, subscribe, and comment wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and check out our website. This is Beer and B Movies. I'm Michael, and I'm Jason. <laughs>